You're listening to the Piano Pod, where we talk to the brightest minds in the industry about how they're bringing the piano into the 21st century. Welcome back to the Piano Pod, the podcast for piano lovers. I am Yukimi Song. I'm Clara Zhang. Clara and I are both classical pianists and piano teachers from New York City. And this podcast is for anyone who plays the piano for fun, loves listening to the piano music, or anyone who is currently pursuing a career in piano or works in the industry professionally, or anyone who is simply curious about the world of piano music. In each episode, we interview a guest speaker who has been breaking exciting new grounds in the music industry. Before getting started, we want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in today. Please take a moment to read our show or review on Apple Podcasts, because every reading review will help people find our show. Since the last episode, we have been inviting a guest co-host to assist us during the show. So, Clara. Since today's co-host is your former piano student at UMass Amherst, you have the honor of introducing him to the audience. That's right. I'm happy to do that.、Yay. Oh my gosh! Hi, Ray, our <laughs> guest co-host of today. Needs no introduction to the YouTube audience and the TPP fans. He is a YouTube <laughs> sensation, an ambassador of Yamaha Music Malaysia, and one of the most prolific creators of musical covers. He shares his passion by making piano covers for his favorite songs and songs requested by his fans. Played solely by ear, he had covered a whole range of genres from pop to rock and even rap, all on the piano. And very recently, his full stage name made it to the Urban Dictionary. All right.、Oh Wow, he was also our guest speaker of our the fifth episode in the previous season, season one, which we live broadcasted the、uh, interview for the very first time.、Uh, it is my pleasure to present my former student and dear friend, a YouTube sensation, Mr. Remag. Welcome, Welcome back, Ray. Thank Ray. you, thank you.、It's、no, thank you, thank you for being here,、uh, zooming in from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, as our co-host.、Mm. And so the last time we spoke was through your episode, and then it was actually almost exactly a year ago, exactly, right before、yeah. Thanksgiving. Last Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah, actually, today we're taping today.、Uh, it's a Thanksgiving Wednesday, the pre-Thanksgiving day. Yeah. yeah. So, tell us what you've been up to since then, Ray. I'll be reaching four hundred thousand subscribers as of today. <laughs> oh my! Oh my God! On YouTube. On, yes, YouTube? on YouTube, congratulations! On YouTube. Because remember, last year you was we. I remember three hundred thousand. Right. Wow! Congratulations! Oh my gosh, that will be yeah a dream come true one day <laughs> for TPP. <laughs> oh my gosh! And tell me a little bit of of the process. So for music is usually a little bit slow because music、uh, is considered a niche, you know.、Yeah. Because on YouTube nowadays, people love things like prank, movie reviews, you know,、mm-hmm. those kind of things. So music, it really rely on the personality of the person. And rely on how crazy the fans are.、Mm-hmm. So recently,、uh, fortunately and unfortunately, during the pandemic, a lot more people are on YouTube. Okay,、mm-hmm. a lot more people are on YouTube. So people are starting to watch、uh, YouTube streams instead of live performances.、Mm-hmm. So、uh, from there, I get to grow a lot more, and、uh, there are a lot more younger fans because my YouTube have been on YouTube. 
for the past 15 years or more. <laughs> okay. Wow. And a lot of my uh, audience, they have already grown. They are now grown ups mm. with adults with kids. With That's families. right. You remember yeah. some of your my stu old wow. students you came to yeah. see. Yes. With kids now, I'm like, oh my gosh. Exactly. A lot of Clara students, they are like either dating or, <laughs> or even like with kids and stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, uh, but because of the pandemic, I, I start to uh, broaden the horizon. So I, I get to have a lot of new fans mm -hmm. uh, from all age group and many different countries. Wow. And because everyone is affected by the pandemic, so a, a lot of people are, are on YouTube as well. So, <laughs> so it, it kind of helped me grow a lot faster. And among yeah. all of that, you also had the second baby. Yeah. Nephew, yes. Right? Pandemic baby. Wow. <laughs> he is so adorable. That little so little round face. Oh, he's so beautiful. So he is cute. now how old is he? The uh, about yeah. eight the months older. old. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the older one is. Uh, and the older one is three years old. So oh turning God. four next year. Oh, what a cute age! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, as I was watching again some of your video clips, um, you know, and others posted by your fans tagging your name and see how excited your fans get when you respond to their comments and etc. Yeah. And reminded me what musicians ought to be, right? And through yes. music, you're engaging with your audience, you're how you're connecting with uh, connecting to people with through music and mm. people love you and you love them back. Even you love them when they hate you. <laughs> they exactly <laughs> they uh, leave a really negative comment. So that's quite yes. incredible. Well that's why we want to invite you back and this time as a co-host. And because mm. in so many ways you and the, our guests of the episode have so much in common, you know, mm -hmm. how you both engage with your audience through music by using digital platforms and social media very positively. Ray, please help us ask some fun questions today during the interview with our guest, Bach, Black Bach. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> awesome. So we are very excited to introduce our guest of this episode, lucky number seven, Mr. Black Bach who is a neoclassical pianist, composer, and has worked as a lead pianist and musical director with A-list pop singers such as Rihanna, Justin Timberlake, Demi Lovato, and Joan Mayer. Sharing the stage with the world's biggest performers, Mr. Blackbuck channels his experience through his explosive and immersive live music performances and engages his audience with his incredible talent. He recently released a new album, Black Book, a compilation of his original piano pieces inspired by the Black Lives Matter movement and the 2018 film Green Book. This critically acclaimed debut album was released on June 18th of this year, honoring Juneteenth and Black Music Appreciation Month in June. Besides his debut album, his first mixtape release, cover art, and current mixtape project, Angels Watching Over Me, with world-renowned tenor Lawrence Brownlee, illustrate the innovative, disruptive musical landscape. Mr. Blackbuck is also very active on social media and creates fun and engaging content for his fans. He has over 30,000 followers on TikTok and 21,000 followers on Instagram. 
He was recently named as a Yamaha artist, added to their classical piano roster, of which there are only 125 Yamaha artists worldwide. Here we are to interview and discuss our favorite topic, which is music, with our guest, Mr. Blackbuck. Yay, thank you so much. Welcome. Yay. So good. Like, Thanks. wow, that was mind-blowing. <laughs> no, you you are mind-blowing. Mind yeah, thank you so much for coming. And um, thank you for being here on Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, thank you uh, for yeah. having me. How I'm, are you? I'm yeah, great. Exactly. great. So where are you actually tuning in from? I'm in Las Vegas. Yeah. Oh, oh, Vegas. Yeah. Are you originally from? Uh, no, you're from Detroit. No, but... Detroit. Detroit. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. I remember. Yes. A show there or... No, live here now. Oh wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. There are a lot of YouTubers right. that yeah. there, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. great. <laughs> so, but I saw you've been traveling quite a bit. Uh, you were in Florida, I think. Yeah. Just this past weekend, uh, I performed mm -hmm. for the National Astronaut Hall of Fame. First mm -hmm. performer wow. ever for the Hall wow. of Fame, which is wow. great. And um, fortunately, I wrote a song called Stars, which I performed, I debuted there. Mm -hmm. um, and this song is going on a spaceship to space in February. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It's on <laughs> the playlist for one of the astronauts. His name is Michael Allegria. And he's the commander that's taking the first commercial flight into space wow. in February. And he texts me and asks for the song to put on his playlist. Wow. Oh, of course. So I was like, wow, this is incredible. Incredible. So going to space. space. <laughs> <laughs> I had one, the Goldberg variation, I believe. Oh my God. Went up with uh, Glingu's version. Back in the days, you know, NASA, when NASA first was going to do this. Wow. Now another Bach is going yes. to space. Yes. See, I always say there's some connection between <laughs> Bach and space. Wow. Yes. Congratulations. 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 Indeed. Indeed. So you spoke, you know, you just said you're from, uh, you're tuning in from Las Vegas. Actually, you know, the, um, the way I found you was through Las Vegas origin, Alexandria Lee. Yes. Uh, she was our guest a couple of episodes ago, and she was an excellent guest. And she is also, yeah, she's also an Yamaha artist, right? Yes, and right. then, and she's like, toward the end of the interview, she's like, you guys, you should check him out. And like, <laughs> we're like, who? And his name is Black Buck, B-L-K-B, okay? I was like, okay. So I looked you up. And first thing I saw was on your Instagram post. And it was the song by Cardi B. Up. Yeah. 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 From your mixtape. Yeah. Come mixtape. Right. Yeah. Wow. You know what? Honestly, I was like so blown away because I've been telling my students, hey, you guys, if you want to play Bach, sure. If you want to play, you know, Justin Timberlake, sure. But you cannot play hip hop on the piano. I was wrong. I was wrong. I, was wrong. I am so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was just a mixture of this classical style of arpeggios and everything. And with that beat, I was so, my mind was so blown away. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a very fun arrangement. Anyway. So yeah, I just want to ask, we want to ask you, so where does this, your stage name, Black Buck, come from? Yeah. Um, well, uh, the second half of it is something that my dad used to say, and he always says, everything will be okay, but you got to be okay with everything. Mm -hmm. So oh. half of it, the name is the acronym for, you know, a saying that my be dad okay. 
everything will be okay. No matter uh-huh. what happens, everything will be okay. I love so, that. Um, uh. And then, you know, the connection to Johann Sebastian and like, it's oh, just, wow. it all kind of just made sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Such a perfect, perfect name for you. And, and also, as we were like reading your bios and articles, we noticed that you mentioned yourself, neoclassical pianist. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us what neoclassical pianist is? Mm-hmm. Okay. So neo, the neo part can be anything. Yeah. So, you know, when I started to write, and one of the things that I've never done, I've never taken composition classes. Mm. I've never, I studied piano only from age four to 16 with a... a, Only. Only. Yeah. Mm. I didn't go to conservatory. I didn't study beyond high school. That's quite long. Yeah. So, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I got a great foundation, this, this classical foundation. And then it kind of skewed into these other things. Like um, around age 16 or 17, I started playing a lot of jazz. And then in the college, I started playing a little bit more jazz. And then, you know, pop tours and all these other things. And I was always a hip hop kid and I was a producer and I love making beats. So it's kind of like the neo part is the bucket where you dump everything else in the genre. (laughs) All the other genres go in this bucket, but it kind of sits on this base of classical music. Classical. Yeah. Wow. That's a very beautiful explanation. <laughs> because I, I was wondering, oh, neoclassical. Could it yeah. could it mean new? Yeah, you know, because new. neo can mean yeah. neo can mean like a lot of things. So neoclassical, I was like, mm, is it neoclassical? But your explanation makes it like even more colorful, you know. I was yeah. like, oh, wow. Yeah, it's a lot of things. It's just the blending of genres. I think that's one of the things that's really important as we keep moving on as musicians, is that, you know these lines are, are we kind of blend these lines up it's yep. so it's so creative to to kind of see what someone else is doing and say oh let me grab a piece of that or mm-hmm. you know it is yeah it's super incredible like it's so inspiring to to kind of blend the genres that way and since oh. we're talking about this new classical sorry you can be back i'm just curious what work what kind of pieces were you working on when you were a child you said four to sixteen which you know, yeah. only oh, I, so I, I played the Bach conventions. I played, you know, Beethoven. The last, I think the last piece I studied was Beethoven Part, uh, Sonata Partitique. Mm-hmm. Um, I played a lot of Debussy. Wow. You had a good children. teacher. Yeah. Wow. You are really children's corner. Yeah. Well, my teacher, and this is a lot of things, this is one of the things you guys would understand, but a lot of other people don't understand. Sure. Um, his name was Thomas Schwartz and he was married to a lady named Eleanor Lipkin. Now, mm. Eleanor Lipkin was the sister of Seymour Lipkin from the Curtis Institute. Yes. So all of this, it's kind of this, yeah. this overarching, you know, like connected. these amazing, great pianists were kind of connected in a way. Of course. So, um, and Mr. Schwartz could have totally been, I mean, world renowned. I mean, he was so incredible, but mm. he just had a little bit more... Um, his focus was my sister, who's a year older than me, is also a pianist. Oh but, wow! Yeah, actually, she's a physicist, but that's you know something. Else. <laughs> wow! But he had a major investment on his students, and mm. and that's where his energies went, as opposed to just being you know the the main guy. Yeah. So since since you're you know talking about your training, so can you tell us your childhood, how you started uh, your piano journey, and yeah, maybe some anecdotes uh, oh, with oh, the sorry. piano piano journey, <laughs> piano lessons. Yes, yeah, fun, yes. fun stuff. Yes. Okay. First piano lesson with Thomas Schwartz. 
Aha. Uh-huh. I wow. was sitting there and my mother was there and I was four doing years this. old. Four years old. And he's <sighs> showing me things and I'm just going like this. I'm all over the place. And my mother took me outside and she grabbed me by the arm. Oh she my said, God. you don't take this lesson. I'm going to kick your blank. And she <laughs> sent me back in. I'm her mama. <laughs> she sent me back in and, you know, C major scale. <laughs> you know? So it was that. Um, you sure I you don't remember. have an Asian mama? <laughs> I don't know. She may be a little, <laughs> a little bit. But another, another thing I, I remember from coming up as a pianist was... Mm. Uh, was playing a Mozart sonata. I think mm-hmm. I was maybe eight or nine or ten, um, and I performed it. And you know, I stood up and I took my bow and I walked off stage. And as I was walking off stage, I went, Phew! and the whole audience just erupted in laughter. Because <laughs> they, they could totally understand that this little kid was up there. I mean, just like you know, just going crazy. And they just and they got it. And from that moment, I knew I wanted to be an entertainer. I was oh. like, there's something that they were connected to me in a way that I, I didn't know. That's and amazing. that was the first time I felt an audience actually like link in mm-hmm. to what I was doing or what I was performing. Yeah. And from that point, it's just been, it's been, I've been locked into being an uh, entertainer. That's yeah. so oh. amazing. That's was- so beautiful. Exactly. I will, I actually had a question later on, but you already answered it. I was going to ask, you know, at what age did you just have that moment? You were just yeah. like, that's it, you know? Yeah, that's it. That's beautiful. <laughs> There's that's- another moment that we, we can go address that. There's another mm. moment where I decided I wanted to tour. Mm. It's kind of crazy. This is a really crazy story. Mm. So I was about maybe 15 and my jazz instructor, his name was Teddy Harris, and he was the musical director for Martha and the Vandellas for the Motown era. And it was the first tour or first time I'd ever been out of town with an artist was with Martha and the Vandellas. I was 15 years old. We went to Boston. In that same, and this is this is pretty crazy. I, you know, I'm going to say this, but I'm going to caution. This is a little, little touchy. So in that trip, I had been offered sex. I had been offered drugs and then two of the band members got into an, a crazy fight and then Martha pulled me in the room she said baby I'm so sorry you had to see that but here's your money and she gave me an envelope of money and I was like oh my god I want to do this for the rest of my life <laughs> like this is so cool this is so cool I was in that was just like the crazy like I, my first experience was the crazy experience <laughs> So from then I was like, this is the, this is the life. This is it. You know, it was like a pirate's life for me. It was just like, I'm in. Wow. Very different. Yeah. 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 Very different story. Yeah. I kind of want to know what's like to work with A-listers. I mean, come on. Rihanna, (laughs) Timberlake. I mean, Justin Timberlake. I I love Justin Timberlake. Um, And uh, uh, who else? Uh, John Mayer. So what was it like? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'll start with Justin, a most amazing mm-hmm. um, a performer I've had the pleasure of sharing the stage with. Um, he is the ultimate entertainer, not to mention he has the ears of a hawk. Mm-hmm. Like he hears and sees and notices everything. He's all about small details, and that's mm-hmm. what makes his shows and his performances what they are. Um, mm-hmm. I can remember the first time we met, I sat down and played uh, Chopin for him. 
And wow, <laughs> he, he sat there and he listened. And then when I was done, he said, and how old are you? I was like, dude, I'm 21. He's like, dude, you play like you're 50. <laughs> and he walked away. And that was our first interaction. And wow. from that point, we we were just like, like locked in. Like he wow. knew that I understood uh, mm. what he was trying to accomplish. And I was mm. there to give my best performance. I always say part of the reason why I've had the resume I have is because when I go on stage, people understand and they know and they can trust that yeah. I am there 150%. Mm. And there have been days when he wasn't having a great day. Mm. And it was kind of like, you know, I give him that, let's go. You know, like that, let's go, bro, let's do yeah, it, yeah. let's go. And it would give him just that energy and that boost to continue on. Wow. Same with Rihanna. There's a video on YouTube. It's kind of hidden in the depths of YouTube, mm. but um, where we perform the song Love the Way You Lie. And yes. I get on the piano and then yeah, yeah. the piano goes up like 50 feet in the air and then it <laughs> spins with she and I on it. And she sits wow. on the piano top and right in one of the breaks, I always like to the beat, I always hit the piano, boom, boom. Yeah. And it would just get her like, you know, she would just go into like super <laughs> saiyan mode or something. She would just get completely hyped. And that was one of the things that I, I can say about my career is that I, I understood my job. I knew I was mm. there to support mm. their vision. Right. And even with John Mayer, a lot of times we talked about, you know, where you place uh, yourself within a band setting. Mm -hmm. um, my thing for him was always to create the perfect ground and foundation because mm -hmm. he's such a player. All you have to do is give him something to stand on and then he just dances around on it. Wow. So wow. the idea was just to give him just enough to make him feel like the foundation was sturdy. And it's just been a lot of that, just really, really understanding how to support each artist. Demi mm -hmm. Lovato was a little bit different. Um, I did a tour... The last tour I did was called Michael Jackson Immortal with Cirque du Soleil. Oh, and okay. That tour was absolutely life changing. Um, it was after Michael passed away, but this was the tour he was designing before he passed away. And uh, four of the musicians in the band were his musicians from tours, from past tours. And every day the multi tracks were the multi tracks from his audio, from his studio recordings. Wow. So. It was almost like being in pop music 101. Like, right. I went through pop music college <laughs> with right. Michael Jackson. Like, wow. every day I was saying, turn Michael up. He's oh, doing wow. something I didn't hear yesterday. God, yeah. every yeah. day was a new thing. I would hear yeah. Yeah. exactly why he is the yeah. great musician that he is. He's the greatest. I'm He's sorry to say Yes. Yeah. You know, honestly... Uh, uh, I went to Michael Jackson's live concert twice in Tokyo. Wow. Be jealous. Be jealous. I was a teenager. I was a teenager and yeah, I got so lucky. I mean, at that time I, you know, obviously I never knew he would pass away so, so young, but um, mm. yeah. So I was a huge fan of Mike, Michael Jackson. I knew every single song. And I used to have this cassette tape with the Sony Walkman. And yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's just a sensational. He was a sensational figure for me. Well, I'm curious, you know, sometimes when I think about, so for me, you know, I, I grew up in China, so I, originally, and I went to the, I was not really uh, conservatory trained in the very beginning. You know how in China, everybody like 
I'm in the long, long generation, right? So everybody start training at two years old. And I was told not to be a musician. And so I was just kind of playing around and then somehow got into the conservatory when I was 11. And I remember this kid who was, uh, I think he's a, you know, violinist in uh, Berlin now, but he was so into Michael Jackson. He was like always dancing on stage. And then actually that really inspired me to get really better with rhythm. So, but this pop music or hip hop, these are all very new to me. And then I moved to Kansas when I was 17. And I remember some of my friends were like, oh, you got to listen to these. You know, I was like, no, I'm just, I only listen to Bach. Mm -hmm. Maybe once in a while I'll listen to some <laughs> Chopin, but, you know, mostly just. So, but for you, mm -hmm. how, but, you know, now, especially this time doing the interview with you, I was so curious. And then my yeah. students were like so excited for me, you know, oh, so I was awesome. like looking up and your videos, you are really a, uh, how do I word it? You know, sh sure, coming from a classical musician, sometimes we do have a little bit of stereotype, right? Like we mm -hmm. we do think of classical music of being more serious and yes. other genres, like even exactly. jazz. Yes. I, you know, did I even think, but for your music, I was so attracted to your playing, you know, and I was showing to my students, like you can just tell you have such solid foundation. You're not faking mm. anything. Mm. Ray too, you know, Ray when he, I say he was my student, but really he had already played really well and he just <laughs> didn't learn to read. So, but he- I played, can only play by ear. Right, <laughs> oh, he played everything by ear. <laughs> yeah. And then when I was teaching all these like a piano minor student, he was like, Clara, can I go into your class? And he was such a good student. He was like, always get the homework done. I was like, this is not like, you know, this is not joking around kids. <laughs> right, right. So I really see the two of you has some connection. Like, but how how was it for you? Like the transition when you were trying, all of a sudden you're going from classical to jazz, and then now you're playing with Timberlake. You know, yeah. like how was it like? <laughs> the transitions were not easy, mm. especially the first one. The first one from classical to jazz was so very difficult. I know. I mean, literally going from reading music to creating music, yep. like improvising. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that I can say is that the technique is the same everywhere True. you go. Mm -hmm. yep. The technique is always the same. And that has been the one saving grace for me mm -hmm. throughout every genre is that um, even with when there were things that were difficult for say Justin Timberlake or Backstreet Boys or mm. Rihanna. Mm. Like oh I God. had my technique to fall back onto. Mm. And it was, you know, it would be something where I'd say, okay, I got it. You know, I would spend just a couple minutes like recalibrating how I could actually play this in a way that was, you know, um, tasteful. Mm. And it was always the technique that, that was the thing that I could fall back on. It was so amazing to have it. And then, like I say, the, the transition between classical and jazz was very mm. difficult. Um, I remember my piano instructor, uh, Teddy, he gave mm. me a piece that he had actually written all the manuscript for. And um, he gave it to me and he said, go home. He said, just play it how you feel it. Don't play it exactly how it is. You know, play it how it is on the music. But if you feel something, don't be afraid to go off the path. Mm. And that was the first time someone had given me right. permission That's right. to go off the path. That's right. And I came back the next week and I had a couple of different things that I played. And he says, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> That's so cool. Like, um, and, and it was very much my ear 
to you know like Ray it was very much my ear that I was relying on at this point now it's just been you know from that point it just became let me see what how I can express myself without the music let me take a piece of the music and then mm. learn to express myself using that wow. so a lot of things I would take would be uh uh, like excerpts from different pieces, like an excerpt yeah, yeah. from, like I said, Debussy. I would take an excerpt cool. and I'd be like, okay, this is pretty cool. How can I make this different? So that was kind of the first, like I said, departure from from classical music into what has now grown into this bucket of everything on top. Of yeah, so the neoclassical. Neoclassical, <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I'm curious, I'm saying the students that hopefully a lot of them will be listening Always practice the scales, right? Always that was also one thing scales. Alexandria was saying. Always yes. practice your scales. You, you know, always fall back on the technique. It's funny because I, I have to reach out to her after the holiday and say, Alexandria, let's, can you get me back on scales? Because <laughs> I have been on scales, but I want more. Like, I still want, she's such, a, such a, an accomplished pianist. Like, <laughs> it would be advantageous for me to sit down and have some time with her and say, you know, teach me something. You and know, that's all one of the things that I've always been is hungry for knowledge. Like I'm right. always like teaching something. Tell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We should do a, a scale challenge. Oh. <laughs> Not me. I'm, I'm Not good. Me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> but it's funny. Um, I'm actually learning to do jazz right now. And mm -hmm. I thought, oh, I am an advanced, you know, I, I play in a classical concert. So jazz, it's just a, you know, a few bunch of chords I have to learn. But boy, was I wrong. It's oh. a completely different language. Yes, absolutely. The way you think yeah. is so different. The way you think of music is yeah. completely different. Forget about all the traditions that you learned, except for the technique, as you except mentioned. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So oh. I am, I'm struggling. I'm yes. really, yeah. It's it's funny because it's like all the tra all the traditions. It's like these are the rules, and then when you right. get to jazz, it's like <laughs> break all the rules. Right. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of parallels that you yeah. hear. It's like that was no 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 in classical. Right. But that's totally okay, and that blew my mind. And even the uh, inversions, they they don't call it inversions. They did something else and. Yeah. Yeah, the, it's all mathematic and then you have to think in numbers <laughs> yeah. yeah you have to think in numbers so yes. yeah mm. yeah actually oh. jim riddle your teacher <laughs> my friend he did the old bach recital and it was in this classical wow. concert yet he's jazz musician he's a jazz pianist you know very mm. well known in new york area mm -hmm. and i was like so blown away mm. i was like yeah oh my god you know right but i think you know nowadays more and more people want to have this I don't know, interdisciplinary or like mix of, okay, I, my background is classical, but actually I love hip hop or I, my background is this country or this, this is my identity. And mm. now more than ever, I feel like just things are kind of coming together or you can just pick. Mm. I have this background, but I love this sound because that really speaks to me and that's becoming like a normal or more like a popular and i think it's awesome yes. right really cool. mm -hmm. what yeah. about you, Ray? do you play any bach ray you see when 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 it comes to ears it's very difficult to pick up things from like classical is 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 
it's mm-hmm. difficult. It's really difficult. Even I remember you the... used to pick up things from Mozart, right? Yeah, even the easiest Mozart, it would take me like many, many like weeks <laughs> to mm. to pick up what are the notes uh, that are that are. Uh, in it so it's, it's not easy so i really envy you guys who have like a very strong uh, classical foundation especially bach because you you are able to bring your classical foundation into all the different genres like hip-hop and other things and when we are listening to your music we can still feel the classical in it you know what i mean yeah th- that is the thing that makes you your music very different from <clears throat> like if you are a true hip-hop pianist or a true classical pianist because you're able to combine the two. Mm. So it's kind of like you are having fish and chips and a, a side dish of lobsters. Oh, <laughs> you know I thought you were going to say kimchi. Sign me up. Sign me up. So it's, <laughs> it's very rich, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that a lot of people don't know, and this is probably the first time I would ever say this in an interview, mm. Because mm. I trust you guys. You are exactly. you're part of the family. Yay. <laughs> um, Yay. I also am slightly dyslexic. So mm. reading music was always very <sighs> difficult for me. And still mm. is. Mm. Even reading <clears throat> books was difficult for me. So even now, in, you know, some, some people can put a piece up. Like my piano teacher, Mr. Schwartz, could put up anything and then he would just read it. And yeah. I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> for me, it's a very slow process. It's a very, like... You know, one measure, of course, one measure at a time, one hand at a time, but mm. still it's very like the process is, it has been, it hasn't been easy. Like my, yeah. my sister, for instance, is reader all day long. She can just do it. And then for me, it's like that, that a little bit of a uh, challenge to get mm. it done. So I would say to anybody who's studying and has, and faces certain challenges, don't give up. Let that be your driving force. Let that be the thing that says, you know what? No matter what happens, I'm going to get through this piece. Mm-hmm. I, it does, you know, even if it takes me 10 years, I'm going to get through <laughs> this, <laughs> you know? So, And yeah, you see, in a way, that is actually maybe the force that brought you to this very unique Zoom that mm-hmm. most people, yeah. you know, classical musicians, yeah, I have, you know, friends I, that can read so well that sometimes, you know, they probably nev- never would never even think about this. Right. So that's so sometimes life is funny, and then you yeah. know it, that actually also makes me think about you and Ray. That the similarities, like Ray, you can tell your story, Ray. But I, I, I believe you said it's because you had poor eyesight at one point mm. because of too much video game playing. Yeah, video games and comics and other things. So I, I end up I can't read the notes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very so he couldn't see. And yeah, then that's how see. he started to play by ear, you know. Yeah. So which is which is funny, Ray, because I saw your version of Squid Game, mm-hmm. and that's on my list of things to cover in the next week. Yeah, yeah, I got totally inspired by you, dude. Like you, it's so good. Like it's so good that whole thing that you do. Like, yeah, <laughs> that. that's what I'm gonna do for the Thanksgiving break. Yeah, yeah, and Squid Game. And, and on the in- internet is very different because. Uh, we express ourselves not only in the music, but in the video as well. So if exactly. you notice my Squid Game, is like silly and funny, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> I love your outfit too. Yeah, exactly. I'm a little scared <laughs> to watch it, outfit. you know? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody. 
<laughs> Happy holidays. <laughs> yeah. So you guys have this, you know, common thing where you have this big followers on social media. So yeah, let's talk about it. Then, uh, as I mentioned in the introduction, you know, Bach, you have TikTok uh, account and then 30,000 followers and Instagram 21,000. So, and Ray, you have, as, uh, as we mentioned, you have 400,000 followers on YouTube currently, and he, you just hit 400,000. Yeah, I just hit 400,000. Yeah. Thank you. On the Urban <laughs> Dictionary. Oh my God. Yes, I know. Yeah, his name, full name, Ray Mack is on Urban Dictionary. So, um, <laughs> so, so it's a matter of how you are engaging the audience, how you are interacting the audience. So um, tell us, both of you, just talk, talk to each other. We'll, we'll be just listening. So, yeah. well, mm-hmm. social media is very much a, a trial and error place. The yeah. first thing that you have to do is you try, you throw everything at the wall and then something sticks and you go, oh, that stuck. Let me go do a bunch of that. So then yes. it becomes a thing of doing, you know, mm-hmm. exercising that muscle and continuing that process and creating and, and finding interesting and cool ways to create within that same lane that you've created. Um, yes. So I'm sure, Ray, you definitely know that's how it happens. You know, it's one day you do something and it catches and you just keep doing similar things. Yeah, but at times we got to do a few times. Like, for example, maybe a series of things then to, to see whether it works or not. If I just do it maybe once or twice, we may not be able to see the growth. But if let's say I continue to do like a series, maybe like 20 episodes of the same thing, mm-hmm. and it, it may blow up like after some time. And the internet is very weird because some of sometimes uh, our old videos will suddenly just blow up. Especially Absolutely. nowadays with, with the help of TikTok. <laughs> Absolutely. It's incredible. Like you can have a video yeah. that you've posted, you know, months ago. And yeah. you know, wake up one day and you're like, whoa, like all whoa. these people have viewed it. Like, wow, this is okay. I guess we had something here. We didn't know that that it happened. And, and it's it's like that. I mean, even, even when we're talking about like Squid Game, I think the writer for Squid Game had written it. Years and years and yeah. years and years ago. I think tr- like yeah, many years ago. Yeah, like 2016. Okay. Yeah. Yes, wow. yes, exactly. And he pitched it to every every network and no one took it. No one wants it. No one <laughs> wanted it. And then all of a sudden, okay. you know, we go through a pandemic, everybody's mm-hmm. sitting at home still kind of, and he has the number one TV show in the world. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, you never know when that viral moment or that one thing that you've created will catch. It's yeah. just a matter of... Uh, continuing to do, you know, what it is. Um, I have one of the, the head of my label explained it like this. He said, it's like a bag of chips. He said, if you mm. put you, you know, somebody gets in and give them a bag of chip and they eat one and mm. then they go back. If they have another one, they'll eat another. So you have to constantly give them something to pull from. Mm. And if you don't give them something to pull from, they go on to the next. It's mm. so fast. So, you know, kind of understanding that language and oh. understanding that the internet is a place where you have to hook people very quickly. I mean, mm-hmm. a matter of seconds, you have to hook them. So if you can um, kind of optimize what you're doing or how you're performing, or what you're playing or how you're playing it or the look of it or the feel of it or the way it's shot. Like yeah. there's so many different techniques and tactics to mm-hmm. um, make interesting and engaging content. 
I mean, that's so interesting. I have so you know many ideas. Like my mind is so because yeah. I mean, I I actually just found out from Ray a couple of weeks ago、um, that TikTok and、uh, so TikTok is technically a Chinese, Chinese app,、concept. right? But、yeah. then,、uh, but in China they call it Douyin, right? Ray, is that how they、mm. call it? So、right? there's there's two versions. <laughs> One for、uh, people in mainland China,、uh, and、uh, but everybody like we can open it. Everybody can open it, but and then the other one is TikTok, which I think both of them is the same meaning, right? Though it means TikTok,、yeah. I believe. Yeah. I don't have any of them because my mother apparently is a, a Douyin or TikTok like a. Uh, yeah, kind of like a some sort of like a small influencer.、Uh, okay. She is like in her sixties. She does modeling, and、yes. she has a lot of fans.、Oh. And then my twelve-year-old <laughs> niece is also like a. So I was like, you know what? Let's separate our social media. It's better、yeah. that you don't see my Instagram and stuff, right?、Yeah. But then, right, I finally realized, oh, the Stoin and TikTok are so different. So I want to ask you, Mark, do you、uh, promote yourself in Asia? Or do you promote internationally、uh, through these different? I I would love to say that people internationally are watching my videos.、Mm. If I would say, am I specifically targeting international audiences? I would say no, but I would love to.、Mm. That's definitely getting my wheels turning right now. Because hey, maybe our show is going to change that. Maybe this、you、is the moment. You know, this、yeah. is the moment. <laughs>、mm-hmm. So you know, I would love to 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 channel more. International audiences. First of all, in my travels, I love traveling abroad. There、mm. is nothing better to me than、mm. going to a new place and experiencing a new culture, new people, new、mm. language, new、yeah. everything. There was actually a tradition that I did years ago with my ex girlfriend where we every Thanksgiving, ironically, we would leave <laughs> the United States and go and travel somewhere based on cuisine. Oh my God! So, oh. so one year、yes. I would say ramen,、mm-hmm. and then we would go.、Ah! <laughs> the next year I would、yes. say pizza and pasta, and we would go to Italy.、Mm-hmm. Like it was, and it's the perfect time because international travel is cheap during Thanksgiving、mm-hmm. yeah. because、mm-hmm. domestic travel is expensive. Right. Very expensive. Right. Right. So, and most in this season, most most countries are kind of like this is a very cool, very relaxed season for them.、Mm-hmm. So. Like I said, I hope this opens up more to international audiences.、Mm-hmm. And yes, I will come see you. And yes, I will come play for you. And I think it's amazing. Dream come true. Dream come true. Yeah. Let's all go to Malaysia and、yes. yeah, come come to、yeah. Malaysia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ray is also part of Yamaha, right? You're the、uh, Yamaha. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the ambassador, ambassador of、uh, mm-hmm. Yamaha Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh yeah, yeah, we definitely have to do something.、There. We're all going to <laughs> Yamaha. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Wow, so you know, speaking of TikTok, I saw one very funny、uh, TikTok post that you made.、Uh, it's the Holy Spirit one. That's right.、Oh, <laughs> love that. Love that, that was really that cracked me up so badly. <laughs> It was taken out of this lady. I, I think it's she became a meme or something. And、yeah. then the way you put together the rhythm, beat, and then music and. Oh, the, <laughs> the 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 visual! The visual wow,、yeah. that was genius. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's amazing. This is guy. His name is I Marquis,、mm-hmm. and another guy named、uh, Remix God, and they、mm-hmm. do these memes of people, and they create these funny videos. And I've、mm-hmm. always been wanting to be on their radar. Like you、mm-hmm. know, I love what these guys do. So it just was the perfect opportunity. 
Um, the lady that actually sang that did the Holy Spirit Activate was mm-hmm. she's her name is China Phillips from the group Wilson Phillips from way like back I in see. the nineties. Yeah, okay. she was on Family okay, okay. Feud and with Steve Harvey, and she just did yeah, 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 yeah. Thing. Uh-huh. And it was just a perfect moment. I love what they did as far as the beat was concerned. So it mm-hmm. was just a matter of me kind of tacking on what I do on the piano mm-hmm. with it all. And the mm-hmm. video was amazing. So I was just like, this is going to be fun. Wow. So you yeah. created all these by yourself? Like, do you no. still do? So okay. these are all collaborations with other content creators. Mm-hmm. So they did, one did the video, another one did the beat, and then I came along and did the piano. Wow. And yeah. how do you connect with other uh I guess influencers or content creators. Do you guys DM? I, really? DMs. It's so easy. Wow. I love. That's what I love about the exactly. Yeah. You can just trust every because the reason I've been asking, you know, like I have my studio and I'm technically still considered to be a millennial uh, generation, but you mm-hmm. know, I'm like Mark Zuckerberg generation, right? right so right. I'm not telling the, the age, but so I think I'm quite okay. Yeah. But I think Yukimi is actually much better than me you know when it comes to like oh, thanks for telling me i am old we're always told not to use the phone you know like right. my teacher is always right. like you should just get rid of your phone and just like you know and a lot of my classical musicians doesn't matter they could be 10 years younger than me and they don't do anything because right. they're just like you should lock yourself in the practice room and just practice practice yeah i think and it's I a very classical thing <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and you know like most of my friends they were like oh i have an iphone but i only use it as uh for i know how to do facetime i'm like that's great right. yeah. <laughs> not to say that's yeah. not a good thing so i'm always trying to i'm curious how do you like find the time or like you know i have a lot of people actually writing to me on dm i never answer because i'm so <laughs> you know worried it's gonna take too much time or yeah. it's a scam you know it's very much planning out how you're using your time. Mm. If I'm practicing, I'll say I'll, I'll practice for like two or three hours. And then I'll say, I'm going to spend an hour doing replies. Mm. And I'll just sit with my phone and I'll do replies for an hour. And then, you know, um, one of the things that we do, like my manager and I, we literally talk like hmm, seven or eight times a day. It's so wow. crazy, like throughout the day, because it's always something, you know, something mm. happening, new things coming in, new things mm. happening. So, um, I also do this thing where I go on airplane mode. Like I love mm. putting my phone on airplane mm. mode and just disconnecting from it all mm. and connecting with the instrument, you know, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. really, really taking the time to focus on um, a lot of times, you know, uh, learning new things, fixing old things mm. um, and improving on what's already there. Mm-hmm. So um, it's very much time management. Like definitely yeah. there's, there are moments when you're doing, social media stuff like tonight or, mm. or i mean tomorrow tomorrow is thanksgiving yes but i still have two pieces of content to shoot tomorrow mm. so i know that you know this is part of my day mm. um regardless of what happens right yeah. so yeah, yeah it's yeah. just it's just a very oh, much time management yeah, yeah. Mm. managing yeah managing social media is all about that yeah Absolutely. it's hard it's and, hard to and, keep up <laughs> and you can't let it get overwhelming that's one of the things mm. that i see people the 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 problem with social media is that people mm. get too consumed in it That's and you yeah. have to understand guilty it's guilty <laughs> it's a tool it is mm. strictly a tool for mm. you to connect and present your mm. work to a greater audience mm. and then yeah. get insights and see what other people are doing and you know be inspired 
Like, mm-hmm. I always keep my Instagram. A lot of people, they, they, you know, they kind of get mad at me like, oh, you're not following me. I'm saying, well, <laughs> I use my Instagram as my vision board. I use it as yeah. my inspiration board. So if I'm scrolling, I want to be inspired as I'm scrolling. So if you yeah. have pictures of your cat, that's not doing it for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I love you, but I don't want to see your cat. Like, yeah. or your food that you ate last week. I don't want right. to see that. Like, right. it's, it's yeah. not helping me in any way. It's mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, That's it's noise as opposed noise. to, you know, things that Inspiration. keep me inspired. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, I'm learning, you know, but it's, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes I can't help but uh, posting my croissant in the morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I love your croissant post. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But anyway, so now we just uh, want to go to the next topic, which is Obviously, we're all going through this difficult pandemic right now. And as a live performer, you know, you performed with all the singers and I'm sure it affected so much, right? So can you tell us about that? Maybe during that time you had some, I don't know, we, we all had some wake up, wake, wake up call and also new project. But I mean, this is the reason I, we started this podcasting. So mm-hmm. yeah, can you tell us a little bit about your... Which is so inspiring mm-hmm. and part of the... I did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, right before the pandemic hit, my publisher at the time says, gave me a call and he says, uh, Charlie, you should do a solo piano album. Mm-hmm. And I literally mm-hmm. said on the phone, Billy, what in the blank does that mean? And he said, you know, he gave me a bunch of things and he said, you'll figure it out. And he hung up the phone. So a couple of days later, he sent me a post from this marketing guru, this guy named Seth Godin, who is absolutely incredible. He is one of the, he's such an educator. He's amazing. And he had this program called the Creatives Workshop. Mm. And reading one of his books right now. Yeah. Which one? Uh, um, everything, uh, what is it? Uh, you came, I sent it to you just the other oh, day. The, the marketing book? The yeah, marketing this is marketing. Book. I, I read the purple cow in the past. Yes, yes. And then now I'm Seth reading. Godin. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. So he has the creatives workshop and, mm-hmm. and we, we decided that that would be a great thing for me. Now in the creatives workshop, mm-hmm. what you do is a hundred days is a hundred day commitment mm-hmm. to whatever it is your creative field is or your creative, mm-hmm. um, your creative voices it's mm-hmm. it's so you can discover your creative voice and create a work and creative practice so 100 days you load what you do every day into the program so there's accountability as well mm-hmm. um this was the first time i had decided to write any music mm-hmm. like black book like mm-hmm. i had never written classical music before or neoclassical music before I, it was just it was totally an experiment but every day I wrote little pieces, little fragments every day and I would post them up. And then some days they would come together and I'm like, after about the first 11 days, I had one piece, which wow. is called uh, Michelle's First Day at the White House. It's on the Black Book mm. album. Oh, I and, love that piece, by the way. I, I I had never written anything like that before. Mm. It was just, it was strange. And mm. the next day, you know, people gave me real time feedback on what I was doing. I'd never mm. written in front of an audience. Mm. You know, we go in the practice room and we close the door and then mm. we do all we do, we do, we do, mm. and then we open the door and we go out and get on stage and we play. This was literally inviting the audience into the practice room, yeah. <laughs> creating things and mm. making so many mistakes mm. and writing good things and writing bad things. I mean, there were some days where I would have 
20 poop emojis just going across the screen. Because <laughs> I'm just like, today was trash, guys. Sorry. This is what I wrote. It's 37 seconds of I don't know what, but mm. I put in my time. And I say around the middle, midway through, and everyone had been kind of following my progress progression as I was writing this music. One student said she was listening to my dailies when I post daily. And she went into the kitchen and she was pouring her coffee and she was listening to it. And her mother said, oh my gosh, this music, this piano music, what is it? It's so good. She explained to her mother, this was one of the students. And she says, well, play some more for me. She says, well, you post every day. She says, well, come back and play it again. And this became a way that she and her mother reconnected. They would sit down and have their coffee and they would listen to what I would perform, my dailies. Um, so it just came, just so happened I had one piece that I had finished and I said, I had no title for it. Any, any ideas? And she says, yeah, it sounds like an ocean. She says, and then my mom from the other room screamed, he should name it after me. So I said, what's your mother's name? She said, Amalia. I said, Amalia's Ocean. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> it was the first time that I had felt that something that I was doing mm. was connecting people in a very authentic way. And that being the story, I, I immediately understood what it mm. meant to be accountable to an audience, what it meant mm -hmm. to be a performer, what it meant to be, what, the, what I was really doing. I really got the sense mm. of what I was doing, which is I'm here to connect and inspire people. And that's my mm. only job. I wow. have to continue doing this. So, mm -hmm. 121 days, all during mm -hmm. the pandemic, during lockdown, uh, Black Book was completed. I didn't know what it was going to turn into. I had no idea what it was going to turn into. Some months later, <laughs> management agreement happened. Some months later, I can never, I'll never forget. It was on a Friday. Billy Mann called me. He said, "Hey, we have a label called Icons and Giants, which is a joint venture with Warner Music, and they want to mm -hmm. sign Black Bob first. And I said, wow. "Are you saying you're offering me a record deal?" He said. Yes, I'm offering you a record deal. And I never, I'll never forget that moment. I mean, I fell to my knees and started crying. I couldn't believe it was happening. You know, you when you were sharing how this mother and daughter, they were having their conversation and then you just kind of got, it's almost like you're serving the humankind. It is. It is. You know, and now your music is going to Mars or wherever. Go to space. One of the things that, that you learn in, in the workshop is that Art is an act of service. Exactly. Art is an act of generosity. Mm -hmm. This is what we do is for other people. It's not mm -hmm. for us. It's to, to give. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's a mission, right? A mission. I think yeah. uh, our previous guest uh, mentioned Ming Kwan. She is a Steinway artist and she mentioned that it's a, it's a mission. It's not really, um, you know, up until a certain point, it's about your ego, right? Yeah. And you really want to show off. But then you hit the wall. What am I doing? Right. Why, why do I practice hours and hours for what? Yeah. Then get to the point where, well, this is a gift and I am here to give. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel that from, yeah, I, I feel that from both of you, Ray and uh, Bach. So yeah, it's, it's a really beautiful thing. What do you think, um, for you, so it was great that, that I, I absolutely, my favorite piece from the, your album is November 7th, 2020. I mean, that day to me personally, it's a yay. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I really love the introduction of that piece. It's, it's a really, uh, the double notes are so hopeful. Mm -hmm. For as a live performer, obviously there was a downside. I mean, a lot of us 
lost a job, yeah. but at the same time, uh, a creator like yourself found a way to be creative and, you know, you had this record deal. Oh my gosh. So what do you think this pandemic affected this, uh, the music industry? I mean, it's, a, I know it's a big question. It's a broad question, but. Mm. I think it, it affected us as far as being performers, but I think creatives are creatives. You know, we're crazy people. We're mm. all crazy people, which is great. Um, right. it, 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 the inability to go outside, mm -hmm. I feel made everyone kind of go inside and they had to search mm -hmm. inwardly, like yeah. into your spirit, into your soul, into mm -hmm. your mind, into your creativity to kind of go for, uh, you know, a voyage or a journey into what that is. And mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what this pandemic did for us is mm -hmm. it made a lot of people search in ways that they had never searched before, mm -hmm. including myself, including you guys creating this podcast. Like mm -hmm. this was something that says, you know, this is another way that we can do something that serves. This is yep. another way we can create something that, mm -hmm. that speaks mm -hmm. um, to a certain audience. I mean, one of the things I, I definitely learned from the workshop is there's an audience for everything. If you can take the time to just create something authentically, then there is always an audience that will meet you halfway and mm -hmm. be there when you're ready to present it. That's amazing, yes. So we have to keep go going, have Clara. Keep changing as well. You know? yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. is something. And then you know, it's we what was the who well maybe that was a Chinese proverb. They were saying the opportunity always lays for people that are ready, right? So if you just keep on going, uh, or that the you know that what was that forward rate that the one you see Ray lives in Malaysia but he he's like Chinese is even better than me <laughs> I mean <laughs> the needle you know when you have a needle on a stone or something like that right you yeah it's, it's, you if you keep doing it you you can even break the mountains something mm -hmm. like that you know yeah yeah and these yeah. really are I, I am guilty of sometimes I I don't know if it's just because the culture I grew up or the way I was trained you know sometimes I have to see results like if with social media for example i get yeah. very you know personal if i post something i spend a lot of time and then i don't see anything all of a sudden i go into oh my god i just waste my life away and then doing you know like not, not really yeah it's right it's, it's not it's, you know you know yeah the, the people that are see it are the people that were supposed to see it yeah and the idea is that you're if you constantly stay in the frame of mind of i'm giving and you're, it allows you to disconnect from personally from it. You, you, yes. you know, it's, it's, it's an offering. And when you give an offering, you step away from it, you know, and you go yeah. off and you find something else and you offer something else. Mm -hmm. So if you're constantly staying in the mind of this is service, this is service, mm -hmm. this yeah. is service. I always, mm -hmm. even when I, before I step on the stage, I, I remind myself, this is service. This is for somebody else. This is not for you. You're mm -hmm. going on stage so you can, allow someone else and give them the space to feel and express in the way that they they want to feel the way they choose mm -hmm. um and that's the beautiful thing my my number one goal always is to make people cry mm -hmm. i just want people to cry and then every time you know when i do a show and someone says yeah uh, i took my mother to your show and she was <coughs> tears of joy i'm going yes nailed it. <laughs> you know, exactly there it is mission accomplished i got it yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it's not always that we have to play to a stage full of people, like a full audience, you know what I mean? Right. Sometimes even one person mm -hmm. that appreciate us, that, that is very beautiful already. And even if there's no one, for me, it's also a service to myself. Right. 
So sometimes when I make music and put it up on YouTube, uh, I put it up for myself so that in future, 10 years down the road, I can listen to my songs. And sometimes when I can't sleep, I can listen to my own songs to sleep. You know what I mean? So, so I don't worry too much about the numbers. Right. The number will grow eventually. The number will do... You know, yeah, it's just a number. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just a number. Yeah, I think okay. in the future I really have to change the script and say Ray was my teacher. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> from the first the day, student is now the teacher. Right, mm-hmm. well, he's only a year younger, but you know, we won't discover our age. But <laughs> you know, but he was always so respectful. But then this is something he always told me. I think that's the thing with the classical musicians, right? Like we were told, okay, if you don't do it perfectly, you shouldn't do it. You know, I remember yeah. the first video he recorded on this piano, like, um, you know, he was like visiting my apartment that had only a bed and the piano, that was it. And he was like, let me record it. And like, let me, you know, put up on YouTube. And he was like, you should do it too. I was like, no, my bug is not perfect yet. I need to practice another 20 hours on it, you know? Yeah. True. Finally, I'm changing my mind. So. Yes, don't yeah. search for perfection. Oh, that's yeah. never. Mm-hmm. You'll never. Whew. You, you will never take the first step. You, mm-hmm. It's very yeah. difficult to take the first step when when we are looking for perfection. Yeah. Right. Oh, we can yeah. go on and on and on about this, but it's uh, actually it's time for us to move on. But before we go on to this fun segment, I I'm gonna steal your question, Clara. Mm. I have a question. So uh, do you have any advice for young musicians, uprising, upcoming musicians? Yes. Listen to everything. First thing. Right. Listen to everything. Everything has its value. Everything. I always say I listen from Bach to Trippy Red. Mm. (laughs) Everything in between. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. Mm. There's always some musical value in everything. You just have to find, maybe it could be one note or one phrase or one line or one beat or one rhythm or mm. that hi-hat. I love the way that hi-hat sounds. There's always validity in music across the board of any genre. Like I was just mm-hmm. telling Lawrence Brownlee yesterday, I listened to uh, Chris Stapleton, but I also listen mm-hmm. to Luke Combs. Oh, I love him. I, I listen to, you know, I've been so into Luke Combs in the past, you know, couple months, like, damn, this guy's really good. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, my friends look at me, they're going, you listen to country music? I'm like, I listen <laughs> to everything. Yeah. There's nothing that's not on the menu. Mm-hmm. So that would be my first thing is listen to everything. There's something mm-hmm. that you can grasp from every genre of music. Thank you. All right. So kids, are you guys ready to have fun before we go? All right. So the next segment is called the rapid fire questions. Now, this segment was created after actually we interviewed Ray Mac last year and around Thanksgiving time, we didn't have this segment. So what we want, (laughs) I know, right? A year ago. So this time I want Ray and Bach to answer uh, those Really fun, short questions. All right. So make sure short, 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 right? What is your comfort food? Sushi. Sushi. <laughs> oh, my God. All Sushi right. Sushi food. All right. Next. Cats oh or dogs? Cats or dogs? Dogs for the win. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Perfect. <laughs> All right. You guys are like twins. What, yeah. what is going on? What is your word or words to live by? Wow. This is tough. Persistence. Mm. service oh, wow mm-hmm. what is the most important quality you look for in people personality authenticity oh. wow 
What is the worst quality in people you want to stay away from? Energy sucker. <laughs> people who who people who lack self love. Oh mm. wow! Name three people who inspire you, living or dead. Okay, uh, I I started YouTube because of this guy called David Sykes. He mm. his he was the first one who played piano mm. on YouTube. So when I saw him, I'm like, oh, I want to do the same thing too. So so I became the first ten first ten people on YouTube who plays the piano. So mm. it, it was very early back in 2006. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, You're so like that that years old. <laughs> yeah, right. that was like <laughs> the one one of the person, and mm-hmm. of course the so the other YouTubers as well, like mm-hmm. Mr. Beast and and are uh, there's an, another guy called Timothy Timothy mm-hmm. Delagado, which is mm-hmm. one of the OG YouTubers. So these are the people that inspired me to start. Mm-hmm. So without the starting, it it will be a bit difficult. That's right. right. Starting is good answer. Hard. Yeah. Bah. I would say first my music teacher, Mr. Schwartz. I would say um, the head of my label, Billy Mann. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very much an inspiration to me. And then I would say Andre Watts. One of my favorite pianists. Oh, he's wonderful. He's Great. Which yeah. historic figure do you want to hang out with at the bar if he or she were alive? Bob Marley. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Got the party. Right? At the Ray Charles. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, yeah that sounds because- great. He he is kind of like me, you know. We, yep. we can't read, <laughs> but he's blind. <laughs> right, that's true. And I got my name from Ray Charles, actually. Yes. My my name Ray yes. is actually from Ray Charles. Yeah, that's perfect. All right, next question. Name one piece in your current playlist. Tchaikovsky Sixth. Permission to Dance by BTS. <laughs> Wonderful. He went that way. I went this way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's great. Well, you get only one song or piece to listen to for the rest of your life. What is it? It's a piece called "Across the Sky" by Pat Metheny. He's a jazz guitarist. He's a jazz guitarist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mine would be Mozart, Andante, K five six five. I think it's called. Remember your love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which which is the second song after that? Da, 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 yeah, da, exactly. Yeah, it, That's we, the, the, the middle one. Yeah. That, that was the one that I stepped off stage and everybody went laugh. That yeah. <laughs> so 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 the song that I like, the song that I like is actually the middle one, the slow, yeah. the slow part, which is the the andante one. Why? Because my my babies sleep with that song. So to me, it's peace because when my baby is sleeping. <laughs> That's right. You have two yeah. Oh, I have yes. two babies, so I they sleep like to grandma. that song. So, oh, that's so that great. song is wonderful. That's, <laughs> wonderful. That's right. All right. So let me ask the last question. Fill in the blank. Music is blank. Life. <laughs> Music is love. Oh my god. Uh, Wonderful! <laughs> ding ding ding! Yeah. <laughs> so this yes. is yeah. Thank you so much for answering all the questions. Now we usually have this outro and finish the show, but I want to ask Mr. Blackbox to play something for us before we leave. Yay! Such a pleasure,
my god bravo 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 i would still call you a classical pianist <laughs> oh my gosh i could totally feel the neoclassical uh-huh exactly is the minute is that is that the cookie waltz or no that's the hustle is real Hustle's real. Hustle oh, okay, is real. it's from from your from the Black latest Book. album, yes, Black, from Book. Black Book. Yes. All right, and then the Black Book is available on Spotify it's and on all, all the Mr. Okay. Yes. Wonderful, amazing, and thank you so much for thank joining us so today, much. and thank you, Ray, for being with us today as well. Yeah. So, Beautiful. unfortunately, good time always comes oh, to an end. I know, and that was so good. <laughs> I know that was a beautiful performance. Thank you, and then what an incredible interview. Thank you so much. So this concludes this episode of the Piano Pod. Thank you, Bach, for joining us today and sharing your stories, insights, and expertise. You can find more information on blkbok.com and be sure to follow his Instagram, TikTok at blkbok. And please don't forget to check out his album, Black Book and Mixtape, cover art and Angels Watching Over Me on Spotify. And thank you, Ray Mack, for showing up to be the guest co-host from Kuala Lumpur today. And please check out Ray's performance on his YouTube channel and other social media platforms. Thank you to to our wonderful audience and the fans for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please read and review on whatever podcasting platform you use. If you're watching us on YouTube, remember to hit the thumbs up button and be sure to subscribe to our channel. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. The uh, The links are in the description below. If you have any feedback for us, please leave it in the comments or DM us via social media, or you can also email us at thepianopodnyc at gmail.com. We will see you for the next episode of The Piano Pod. Bye, everyone. And thank you so much, Buck. Thank you, Ray. Thank you. Thank you.